Sports Stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Welcome to another edition of Around the Hearn. We're talking a lot of soccer on this episode, and I'm happy to be able to have the uh, Route 65 coaches in Michelle Mag, the uh, soccer coach at Ottawa Glendorf, and Chris Hawker of the uh, PCL and NWC Champions and the Columbus Grove Bulldogs coming up here in just a few, but a lot of things going on in the world of uh, sports in Northwest Ohio. We had week nine of high school football. A lot of teams getting themselves set for the uh, playoffs coming up in two weeks, and a lot of teams trying to figure out where they're going to be when that starts. But volleyball took center stage early on. The big news that Whitley, Whitley Rammel, the uh, Fort Recovery senior, Side to play Division One volleyball at East Tennessee State University. And a big congratulations to her as the uh, Fort Recovery ladies looking to make a big run in the uh, D4 tournament before she is done. Big congratulations to my dude Abe Escamilla, the new PG baseball coach, as he comes over after residing at Allen East and comes home and uh, is able to hopefully take that program back to the next level. Slide of girls wrapped up the uh, WBL volleyball title couple of nights to go with a 3-1 win over St. Mary's. St. Mary's girls got a little bit of retribution as they beat Salina in a girls' soccer. Big volleyball matchup this weekend. Number one to Bremen, take it down. Number three to Knoxville. That secured the uh, the MIC title for the uh, Cardinals. Had a lot of teams. The uh, state golf tournament. Botkins was there. Fort Laramie was there. Coldwater was there for the first time in school history. We talked last week about Audeville and Kaleida. Also, Justin Altenback from uh, Shawnee was a a big part of that, and there was a lot of uh, success for the local teams. I'm Central Catholic, picked up another state title as they won, I believe that's their fourth in a row. Cool thing from uh, Fort Recovery, Gary Raspberry, who has been on this show, friend of the program, said that uh, he figured out the all-state results going back to 93. Jalen Brunts from Fort Recovery is the first player in MAC history to earn all Ohio golf honors. Uh, Kelsey Kesters and uh, Ellen Nauman both ended up as a second team. That senior Britton Hall finished tied for sixth at the uh, D2 State Golf Championship. Second team, all Ohio, shot a 152. Uh, Brian also on that list. Berlin Highland ends up winning the uh, D3 Championship with a 624. Bakken's finishes fourth. Kaleida finishes fifth. Minster in seventh. Audeville in tenth. Zach Miller from Allen East finished sixth as an individual. He uh, shot a 155. Ryan Clausen from Kaleida was 10th. He got a 156. Jack Gerker from uh, St. John's. He also made the top 20 at 16. And Ross Dietz from uh, Bakken's tied for 19th. That's uh, the big results coming in for the golf championships. Division two had the fourth straight title for Lima Central Catholic. Fort Loramie finished seventh. Coldwater ninth. Van Buren 11th. Emma Mayers from LCC finished fifth. For 167, Bridget Mulcahy was second team in eighth place. That's uh, the big things going on in the world of golf. And a big congratulations to all of those kids on their runs this year. A couple of big field goals this week decided a a couple of uh, big games in the area. Kevin Partington, the Partington shot, as I would have called it, helped Marion local beat Coldwater 24-21. It's uh, another time in which... That series comes down to a field goal. This time it was the Flyers who were able to get the win. Shout out to Reese Verhoff, the uh, spectacular kicker from Columbus Grove. He had a school record 
and personal record 52-yarder a couple of nights ago to uh, give Columbus Grove part of their big win over Spencerville. You heard all on Aziz Sports 3. Hopefully, if you didn't, watch the video. It's over 1,000 views now. Matt Cross Country Championship for the girls went to Minster. They dominated, took out Versailles, St. Henry, Fort Recovery, and Parkway. Margaret Hemelgarn from Minster and Taylor Roth, her teammate, ended up as a top two. Matt Cross Country Championships for the boys went to Minster as well. They were followed in the top five by the Bremen Marion Local Parkway and Versailles. Alex Albers finished as the number one, switching gears to soccer. Shawnee girls clinched their WBL title with a win over Elida on Tuesday night. A lot of volleyball things going on this week as they head into their tournament. Maria Gerding, the sophomore at Kaleida, just collected her 1,000th assist on Wednesday against Pandora Gaboa. Coldwater's Annalise Harlemert, well, she had a different kind of record. She broke Goldwater's all-time assist record, and it's Marla Hess, now Shane Hare, 2,545. She was able to pull off that, and a congratulations to both of those young ladies as well as the St. Mary's boys soccer team broke a 20-year-old school record with 73 goals. The uh, 2000 team had their record come and go, and the Anna girls WOSL title with an 8-0 victory over Botkins. Volleyball. Kind of going back and forth. Liberty Benton, 22-0. They beat Lipsick a couple of nights ago in three sets. The Titans of Ottawa Glendorf could eventually be on a collision in the district level with those LB Eagles, and the winner could eventually get the number one team in the uh, Coldwater Cavaliers. Temple Christian, first ever NWCC title. Big congratulations to them. They had to share it with Ridgedale and Hard Northern, though. They beat Elgin 3 nothing. Lipsick ends up winning both the PCL and the NWC. The PCL, they won outright when they beat Miller City earlier this week. The NWC, they share with Lincoln View and Crestview. But first-year members of the conference, and they already picked it up. Slide of girls, like I said earlier, won their first WBL title since 2016. LCC's Libby Simmons qualified for the uh, state tennis tournament this week. Bath also had a du- uh, doubles duo in Elena Oliver and Ann Oliver, who will uh, join her next week at state. And uh, college basketball, Justin Arnes from Versailles, along with Massel and Skyler Young, end up as captains for the Ohio State University men's basketball team this upcoming season. There's a lot of things going on in the world sports in the area, but we talk a lot about high school soccer when we come back. It'll be Michelle Mag, the head coach at Ottawa Glendorf, followed by Chris Hawker, the head coach of the NWC and PCL champion at Columbus Grove. Bulldogs, and we'll hear from both of them coming up here in just a second after a big thank you to my friends at Lee Kinsel. Eric McCracken, what's with all the cars and trucks burning out at the dealership? Well, Billy Elvis, at Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service in Van Wert, we find the right cars and trucks for the right people so fast, we can't keep them on the lot. So, if I want a candy apple red Chevy Camaro or a shiny new Buick or GMC, you can help me with that? We sure can, Billy. That's what we do. If it's not our lot, we'll find it. We'll get you the car truck you're dreaming of. So, Eric, even if I don't see my particular vehicle on the lot, I should still stop by Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service because you'll find that perfect car, truck, or van for me? Yep, your dream car. And with huge discounts and great rebates, it's even a better reason to stop by Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is that car coming back on the lot, Eric? Billy, it's because we just don't connect with you on your dream vehicle. We service it after the sale, too. Don't delay. Get the Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Urban Road in Van Wert, online at LeeKinsel.com, where Danny the Dealmaker says... 
find new roads. Back now talking about Ottawa Glendorf, Lady Titans soccer, 15-1 and one, and through the regular season and their first-year head coach in Michelle Mag. You've got a pretty good roster, I mean, to start your first year. I would think that makes it a little bit easier because also you're not that much older than where the girls are, and you had success at OG. Yeah, it's, it's definitely been a really fun and exciting year for me, and, and I hope the girls are, are sharing in that joy uh, that I'm having here in my first year. And, and like you said, right, it, it obviously helps to walk into a really good situation. Um, so we've, we've got a great roster of girls. Um, obviously, they're, they're great soccer players, and they're great kids. So they're they're awesome to be around. Um, they work their tails off for me in practice every day. So I, I can't ask for much more. And, and as always, right, um, really have a great senior class this year. And, and the leadership that they bring day in and day out is is unmatched, right? So they, they make my job easy. Um, they, they've set a really high bar for the, the kids underneath them to follow. So I'm super thankful for the senior class and, and their leadership. They've done a great job this year, and, and I'm excited to, to see where we can take this thing moving forward. It also seems like maybe the most important thing, something you can't necessarily teach, that the girls have a great chemistry and that they all seem to like one another and have a good time with anything they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's been an absolute blast to watch them play together. Um, you know, it, it doesn't take any crazy motivational speech for me to, to get them fired up and ready to play. I think at the end of the day, the girls just love to play, right? And, and that's really all you can ask for. And, and I think we're at a point in the year where, where we're doing a really good job playing for each other, right? People are putting the team first, uh, making sure that, that they do whatever they can do to, to help the team, right? And, and I, I really like the way we're moving the ball. You know, we, we don't have any selfish players on our team. So it's, it's great to see them play for each other um, and, and man. When we can score goals, right? Those goal celebrations are fun to watch. So it's 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 been super exciting. Just just glad to be a part of the ride. Well, and that's what I was going to bring up was you have an almost ninety goal differential through the course of the season on your side, but it's been the last five games. I don't know what that loss to Shawnee seems to have sort of flipped a switch for those girls. That if I remember right, it's something like forty-two to nothing in those games. And, and huh. which I mean, which is more important to you, the fact that they're able to get the offense in high gear or they're able to keep shots off of Abby, I think maybe 15 or 20 in that five-game span? Yeah, I mean, defense is a priority on, on my end, right? Um, you know you know the old saying, defense wins championships. That's, that's been a focus for us. And, and I'm, I'm harping every day at practice on, on everybody defending hard, right? Not just Abby, not just our defenders, but, but making sure, you know, all 11 players on the field have, have bought in to that, to that high-intensity defensive effort and, and I think that has picked up here in the last couple of weeks of, of making sure we've got, you know, everybody across each line defending really hard. And, and for us, right, we want to create easy goal scoring opportunities. So, so that starts on the defensive end for us, right, making sure that, that we can put together, you know, our, our best chance to score. And if, if we can win the ball higher up on the field, that's what we want to do. Um, so, so for me, the defensive effort um, has, has really picked up here in the last couple of weeks. And, and we're looking to kind of build on that, right, because I, I still think there's some room to grow. So, so really excited about the defense, right? And, and as always, that defense feeds the offense. So, so the harder you play on defense, the easier you make your life on offense. And, and I think we've done a good job of that here in, in the last couple of weeks. Well, it was kind of interesting for me the last handful of games that have gotten a call that you faced some really good goaltenders, uh, Clytus Cassidy-Hipshire and Zoe McCormick last night with Finley. But it, it kind of felt like one of those things where they were able to make good stops at times that uh, I know each one of them made just an absolutely ridiculous stop at one point, but their defense, it seemed like we're able to uh, get away a couple, but your girls 
never stop bludgeoning the opposing team with shots. And it seems like kind of akin to an offensive line that continues to run and run that they just wear teams down. Yeah, I mean, credit credit to both those goalies you just mentioned. They're they're both fantastic. That Kaleida keeper um, and Cassidy made some incredible saves, and, and man, she did. Um, and, and same thing with Finley's last night. So it's a lot of credit to them, right? But but our girls kind of respond well to situations like that. Um, you know, we're, we're a group of, of competitors, right? Um, the girls just get after and practice anytime you give them a challenge. And and for them, right, if, if they know the keeper on the other side is, is good, right, they they see that and and they just want to do what they can to make sure they get rebounds. They keep keep taking good shots, putting it on frame. And, and you know, like you said, right, they, they have found a way to, to just, you know, keep keep attacking hard and, and finding a way eventually to get that ball in the back of the net, right? Sometimes it takes one goal. Sometimes it takes 10 goals. But, but whatever it is, right, they, they're going to keep fighting every single chance they get, and, and that's all you can ask for. We start tournament play next week. Uh, the great thing I, I, would, I would think from an outsider would be that you're able to get your first tournament game at home. You get one more game in Glandorf when Delta comes to town. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for that matchup. Um, our focus has, has entirely shifted to tournament prep at this point, and, and the focus is on you know preparing as, as well as we can uh, to be ready for Delta coming in next next Tuesday here. Um, and like you said, right, anytime you get a chance to play at home, you know that's, that's something special. I, I'm an OG grad, and, and that game field, you know, it means a lot to me, and I've got a lot of great memories there. So I'm excited that the girls get a chance to play a tournament game on our home field and kind of to defend that, defend that home field advantage and, and make sure we get, get another chance to play at home. So always a great opportunity, and, and we're looking forward to the matchup. When you got this job, when it kind of – I thought it kind of came as a, a later change, I think, with some things that happened. But did you feel – a little bit maybe more like internal pressure or how you were going to set things up because you don't want to change things, but you want to come in and, you know, that's your alma mater. It obviously, it means the world to you. Yeah, for sure it does. Um, it, it was a little bit of a late change, you know, but but at the end of the day, you know, one one of the things that's, that's really important to me and, and that I've asked my team to kind of grab hold of is, as well is, is we just like, we don't make excuses. Um, so, so for me coming in, right, I knew it was late and, and I knew I'd, kind of had had some pressure there but but it wasn't something that I looked at as you know a, a challenge right it, it was just hey this this is what the situation is uh let's let's get after it right and and as an assistant coach the last couple of years right I I did have the advantage of, of knowing the girls well and the girls knew me right so that that relationship there was, was still a pretty good one um so kind of as I came in right I I was, I was pretty upfront with the girls on what my goals were and, and told them that kind of pretty early in the season and Everybody looked looked me right back in the eye and, and said, "Hey, we agree. Let's go get after it." So, you know, just just love the work ethic from day one from these girls. And, and man, what, what a competitive group we've got! Just just excited to, to have a great great group of kids to go to battle with. Was there anything that maybe happened this season that you kind of didn't expect, or it took you aback? Of wait a second, uh, we didn't we didn't plan on that. Oh, of course, of course. Um, that's, that's the funny stuff with high school sport, right? There's, there's always challenges out there. Um, you know, dealing, dealing with some injuries here late in the season that, that obviously, you know, every team fights with, so we're, we're adapting to that. Um, you know, and, and I think everybody hates the lose, right? So that, that Shawnee loss kind of, kind of fired us up. Um, we had a couple of our best practices ever after that Shawnee loss and, and we're still kind of building off that momentum. So, you know, that, those were a, a couple things that, that, you know, shook us a little, right? But but at the end of the day, right, you you just control what you can control. 
you know, you fight through it and, and we've got a really resilient group of kids. Um, so I'm confident that, that whatever we throw their way, right, they can handle it and, and we'll get through it together. I know that for you guys, it's just, it was the next game, but I look at things completely hyperbolic all the time. And I thought it was fascinating that maybe I, I didn't even realize over the years, Finley has sort of been that hump that OG couldn't get over. They had won, mm-hmm. I think it was nine of the first 14 meetings, but even in 2014, the team that went to state, one of those two losses, was it something about how they play OG or is it just, it just always ends up that way? You know, Finley's just consistently a, a really good soccer program. Um, they've got a lot of kids that, that feed through the club program in the Toledo area um, and, and really have good foot skill coming in. So, so for us this year, you know, we, we kind of understood what that challenge was going to be. Um, but, but at the end of the day, right, the, kind of the, the mindset was we were just going to make sure we, we outworked them as best as we could. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, fin- Finley is a tough one to get over. Um, in past years, we've seen that. But but proud of the kids last night, you know, making sure that, that they did what they could do to, you know, leave, leave it all out there on the field and, and played with a lot of hustle yesterday. And I think that was the difference maker for us. I've noticed that the girls have landed on uh, the pink shirts before the game. Was there a one kind of collective thing or was that just something that they came up with and it just sort of morphed over time? You know, the pink shirts were, were just a senior class decision. I, I think most of those senior girls, their favorite color is pink. So uh, there was no, you know, deeper meaning behind that other than the, the seniors get to pick. <laughs> I figured I, it was just every time that I looked over there, I noticed I'm like, there's a pink wall and pink is definitely not one of <laughs> yeah. the school colors. Something's going no, on. No, no, it is not. But uh, we've got a, a few senior girls who, whose favorite color is pink. And, and we as a coaching staff, we just let them decide. and, and uh, the attire is their choice, so I'm well, behind it. Thankfully, it works out for the month of October. It does, yep. It's a good cause. Well, it's awesome. I, I really have enjoyed being able to cover your team, and uh, I wish you guys all the best of luck as you get in the tournament. Hey, well, well, we appreciate it. We appreciate you cover OG Girl Stacker, and, and we're excited for the ride, so good times. That's Audible Glendorf Head Coach Michelle Mag back with some more here in just a few. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. If you head down Route 65 from Ottawa, you'll go to Columbus Grove, unless you're directionally challenged. And we'll talk about the Bulldog soccer program with their head coach. And we talk a lot about how this program has been built over the years, Chris. And you guys have kind of... I don't want to say overnight because I know the amount of work that you and the girls have put into this program and especially from building it, but kind of things have tipped your way and you're having a terrific season. Uh, yeah. I'm, I mean, this is kind of the senior group is their, their big class for us. And I would say probably for most teams having eight of them. Um, and they're the ones that begged and pleaded to try and get this started. So, once we did, I mean, it's been five years in the making, and actually we joked about it last night at practice that uh, three years ago we had two wins, and we were still actually having fun and 
happy and to look back now and I'm like we don't even have two losses this year so I mean that's kind of how fast things have changed for us and I think it goes to the credit of how hard these girls work every day at practice when we're out there and they're coming all summer long for open fields and that just they make it a little bit easier to get better when they want to put the work in. Well, and I've akined it to over the years about Spencerville because I got to see a lot of that from the inside. When I was growing up, we wanted a soccer team and it never got it. And credit to the girls who now I believe are college sophomores that they continued to push and continued to push and got their program within five years. They were in a regional and I, I kind of look at the scope of how they built their program and how Kathy was able to uh, get those senior girls. They were bought in, obviously, from the beginning. And I I see a lot of that with your program, the way that you guys have gone about it and just continued to bring girls out, and it, it's really paying off. Yeah, it, it's nice that you get a good core group to start with and then you add in some of the underclassmen and I mean obviously it helps having some really good freshmen on the team this year so um, I mean things things look good and very bright for us down the road you've had a, a season in which you lose early uh, game two but you haven't lost in close to two months I mean do the girls' attitudes change, or are they looking at it still the same way of, you know, that next loss is always right around the corner. Let's do everything we can to keep that from happening. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. Well, when we got that loss, it was one of those we, to be honest, didn't think would happen. But looking back, I think we kind of understand how and why. It was one of those uh, right before specific the game was the day before school started, so we weren't in school, didn't have our routine down. Miller City had been in school, and it was just one of those um, of this shot, and they took it, scored, and, I mean, they took the momentum, and that was kind of the game. And then you could just see it in the girls' faces when they got on the bus in the next couple of days at practice. It was it's kind of, I've joked, and I said, I think they just woke the bear up. And, I mean, that's kind of been the attitude since, and, the thing we've lacked, I would say, the last two years when we've been making the turn is confidence. So uh, that really changed when we tied the lineup, being a good program that they've always had. So you can you can see it after that game. The attitudes changed now, the the confidence, and then of course going to Bluffton and beating them to pretty much secure the NWC. That pretty much had them on cloud nine, and I, I would say. There was a little bit of a hangover when we played uh, Oddville last Saturday of thinking things would be easy after that, but I was had to keep reminding them nobody is just going to lay down and give you league titles. So uh, the big, big change this year is confidence. And you've had a couple of girls. I've been fortunate to see your program for the last couple of years, like I was saying, that have changed their rules. And with the emergence of Lauren Ockmoody, you've got Savannah Reidenauer and Kenzie King. And I would never say that they take a back seat because all three are terrific players. But it seems to me that both Savannah and Kenzie, with being the two big scorers the last couple of years, have sort of realized, you know, we don't have to do that. And it makes them a little more dangerous 
because they can use their opportunities to set Lauren up, and like the other night in Kaleida, she'll return it and everybody prospers. Uh, yeah. Uh, fun story to start the season. I didn't even know Kenzie would play the field much. So he uh, had Mono back uh, their last travel basketball tournament in AU. And I think that was like 4th of July time. So when we actually started the season, we were having her play goalie and then trying to get her in the field like in the second half during our scrimmage and one of our big scrimmages we went to late high school and then against Corey Rawson it was one of those we did it and she was starting to feel better she could run and uh, we were like you know what we need her passing like it's a wasted wasted talent just sitting in the goal when we have Gwen Langhouse who started last year as goalie and I think that was a good thing for Gwen to have some competition this year because she's really stepped her game up too as goalie. But yeah, Kenzie's more of a passer this year. And Savannah kind of went from being our, if you want to say, leader of our midfield the last two years. Uh, she was always stuck in the middle of midfield just because of her physicalness and her speed and whatnot. And this year she went to attacker just to try and spread out some speed and strength. So yeah, it's kind of. It pays off a lot bit more now having the extra score and obviously Lauren's really good. She's she's got thirty five goals and is um, basically I would assume gets on the state record board for goals in a season. The minimum is forty, and I would like to think she gets that here in the next couple of games. Has that been a surprise to you? Her the way she's playing with her emergence, or I mean, with everything I've talked to her dad a couple of times and. and he jokingly said, you know, she should be as good as uh, she is for all that we paid for her knowledge. But, I mean, that it's translated so well as a freshman? Um, I, I mean, she's played a lot of travel ball, and that's, I think, what he's talking about, what they've paid for. But uh, I, I think she is really good, and I think it surprises teams this year, being a freshman, on how good she is. And I do think it pays dividends for her with other teams knowing Kenzie and Savannah up there. So, I mean, if they want to take one away, we still have the other two. So that's really good weapon this year. Well, it's crazy because I kind of a kinder to um, Alex Huffle from Continental in that Alex did it from the beginning where you could see that emergence from game one, game two, and just continued to obliterate record books. I mean, I, I kind of feel like watching her and watching her mentality, she comes out of nowhere. Those last two goals in Kaleida, I didn't even see where she was out on the field, and all of a sudden, bang, she's got two and 35 on the year, but that she's going to have that type of career. Yeah, she kind of comes from nowhere sometimes. She's fast and shifty and very agile, and she'll she'll do moves and you wonder how she even fits in between two defenders sometimes with the ball. And she, she finds ways to score with her leg um, on crosses. She's got a bunch of headers for goals. So she's just really shifty and scores about any way possible. Yeah. I was, it's funny after you mentioned that uh, list, I had to go and look it up that the, the record for goals in a season is 75. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. 
Uh, Alex Huffle had uh, 46 that year at Continental, and, and I feel like even that, I would imagine, is the Putnam County record. That might be in danger by the time that uh, she's done. Uh, I'm, I hope so. I'm not sure if this will be the her best year for a number of goals because I can see teams changing things down the road, but I, I think she'll be there in the end for total goals in a career, and obviously we'd like her to get as many as she can get. Well, the Giants changed their swings, and it didn't work out for them. Right. I mean, she's only got to get, what, she's at 35. She's only got to get 133 more to tie Alex. Yep. <laughs> That's easy, right? I would think so. But, Maybe. <laughs> again, I, I think what makes your team so well-rounded, and that young lady deserves every piece of kudos that we can give her, and we could probably go on for a while, but your team is so well-rounded in that I saw them a couple of different times adapt to – you had to play on turf at Spencerville, and you had to sort of try to figure out those bounces. And then with Kaleida, it was more of a physical contest that, that as a group, they sort of pulled together right before that goes. And it seems like they're ready to come out and take on anything. Yeah, it's a little different this year for them. Uh, last year, we were always a second-half team because we came out of the gate very slow. And this year, we've we've changed that tune, and it's really – it helps kind of make the game go a little smoother most games. Um, just like Continental, when we play them, we, we jump out fast and got out to a 5-0 lead. And then we kind of the second half just played the game and won that. And like Clyde, we knew we didn't, we really didn't want them to get a lead early to give them more hope because we knew a tie was actually a win for them to win TCL. So it was, we needed to get that first goal and, had we gotten that TK to go in, I think things would have went even a lot more differently, but obviously we're happy with the turnout we got. Only in soccer could you lose a league title with a tie. Right, yep. Because I, I heard that scenario explained before the game, and I thought, wait, what? And then I went and looked at league standings. It made sense, but just one of those weird little quirky things. Yeah, but it... It makes it fun that the last game of the season matters like that and to be able to go on the road the second time and win a league outright on the road. Is, it feels good, and it's something I don't know if the girls really understand how much that means to do it on the road. And I mean, I don't think Clyde was as hostile as when we were at Bluffton. Bluffton, there was, it was loud, and it was, it was a very intense environment that was good for them to play in. I can tell you I was not at Bluffton, but it was very hostile where I was sitting at near the Kaleida <laughs> side. Mm-hmm. You might have had the luxury of being on the complete other side and not and getting some of that noise lost, but I I love watching uh, the kind of the dichotomy between you and David Karras of he was hanging on every single thing and just sort of throwing his head down, and when it, you would not get a call going your way or how you felt should be a call going your way. You just sort of turn and walked away. Well, it, sometimes I think it depends on how the flow of the game's going, on how you uh, take those. Because I've been there in his shoes other games too. <laughs> well, and it's an oddity, I think, this year. I, I'm not, I said this last night during the OG Finley game. I'm not bagging on officials, but there seems to be a lot of calls or no calls that I, I don't understand how 
kind of the flow or certain theories of games are going this year. Yeah, it seems like it's different every game, and you you never know what you're going to get on that side of the ball either. Was there a game this year or a moment this year where maybe early or midseason that you kind of looked at this team and looked at how they performed and, and went, okay, we really can be something special this season? Um, I, I would say coming up to practice um, – for this line of game for a couple of days there, we, we knew that we were doing, we were doing well. And if this was going to be the season we thought we could have, that that was going to be the game it needed to be. We've never played them close in the last three years. And it, it had to be the year where we closed that gap. And uh, it was a sloppy field at home. And, uh, I mean, if it was dry, I think it would have been a really good game. But, I mean, we kind of had fun in a sloppy, muddy <laughs> end of the field. And we came out with a tie, and we pretty much knew then, and you could see it in the girls' faces, that when you say a tie with them is still a good thing, that that's what really kind of changed the momentum. And, and then I think it was maybe a week later, um, Clyde and Miller City tied. So then we knew... We knew we had a chance with the PCL after they tied one, um, but then we still weren't sure how that would go. So I think that put some hope back in their eyes hearing that Miller City wasn't going to go undefeated and at least had a tie. So that helped change their attitude and build that confidence even more, I think, after that flying again. I know when you win both the PCL and the NWC at Grillers, they have the girls for basketball that signed the counter, where are they going to sign for soccer? You could just put up a giant thing that's just got everybody's autographs on it? Um, we we might do a new uh, board under our new scoreboard out there at the field and do something on that. Um, but, yeah, I don't know what we'll do for sure, but I, we'll come up with something by the end of the year, I'm sure. Dave will probably let you put one outside of his house. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> uh, tournament coming up, you get two teams or one of two teams that you played close, uh, but it wasn't since late August, early September with Jefferson and Allen East. Is there any kind of advantage or is it you have to go scout them when they play because it was so long ago the first time? Uh, it was a long time ago. Uh, I mean, we'll probably go watch Tuesday, and I had a guy go last night, and I mean, it sounds like Elanis already made some changes on how they're playing, but that's kind of what they're going to do. I guess we'll we'll go with it and deal with how they're playing, but um, that was also, it was a while ago, and I know when we played Elanis, I had two starters out sick, and one of them we talked about, Savannah Reitbauer, and uh, the other was uh, Emma Renner, so I mean, we played that game with two starters thick and they kind of have big roles. So, I mean, it's still one game at a time, but I think we'll watch and go with the flow and I hope we'll be good to go on Thursday. People who aren't paying attention or aren't noticing what the girls are doing, what do you say to them to get them to, to, to respect what Columbus Grove soccer has become in a quick period of time? Uh, you know, we we have one of my assistant coaches, Nicole. Uh, she's been doing a terrific job getting stuff out on Facebook. 
Um, the news has been there a little bit more often lately, so we're hoping that people see it. And, you know, we talked about it at practice there Thursday. Like, kind of, I had everybody kind of go over and just say what the regular season has meant to them. And uh, Kenzie actually mentioned that not not many sports ever win the NWC and PCL in the same season. Um, and she brought up even last year's boys that went to state didn't win them both. And uh, it's true. Um, if people think it's easy, it's not because it hasn't happened that many times at Columbus Grove. So I, I just hope people see that and realize that it's never an easy task when pretty much every game of your season counts and you don't get many off nights. Well, that's uh... – I, I'm glad that we were able to do this. Uh, obviously, like I said, I've been a fan of what the, you've been doing with this program since the beginning, and I, I hope more people start paying attention because you've got uh, what could be a terrific run coming up. Yeah, we've marked down our goal, and we're, we're hoping this is going to be the year the girls seem to play better with the more fans we get, too. So that's why... I, that's honestly why we kind of chose to try to get the late game in the district semis just to try and get more people. Well, I hope that uh, you guys get a nice long run and and that uh, the best of luck to you and the girls. Thank you. There we go, talking about Columbus Grove soccer. Back to uh, finish this show up when we come back here on Around the Hearn. A hometown market is back in Columbus Grove. Farmhouse Market in Delhi at 108 Sycamore Street. Farmhouse has a large selection of whole hog and locally raised brats and sausages and locally ground beef. Check out their huge selection of deli meats, cheeses, and a wide variety of made-to-order deli sandwiches. Farmhouse Market in Delhi supports local with Knievan milk products and Hunt Brothers chocolates, as well as honey, sauces, breads, and more. That's Farmhouse Market in Delhi, 108 West Sycamore Street in Columbus Grove. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. And you can hear the uh, Bearcats, both the uh, girls and the boys, in uh, soccer action Tuesday and Wednesday, thanks to great folks like my place here in Spencerville and the Athletic Boosters as well. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, the girls will take on Fort Jennings, and then the boys will be in action on Wednesday night, both of those on Z Sports 3, as well as Week 10 of high school football next week, as it'll be Delphus Jefferson and uh, Spencerville tangling. Uh, Bearcats need a win coming off of a uh, loss last weekend to Columbus Grove, and uh, Grove's very good, obviously, and uh, a lot of teams in the area. I'm excited. Battle of Grand Lake next week on K94. Next Friday night, it'll be Salina and St. Mary's. Rough Riders coming off a 28-0 win over uh, Bath, a game that was played in a downpour because Mother Nature had 80 degrees and uh, October on her mind. That's what I've got for the show this week. Thank you so much. For listening, uh, thanks to Chris Hawker. Thanks to Michelle Mag for being a part of it. I hope that you have enjoyed the uh, look at the Route 65 soccer. And uh, maybe they meet down the line. I don't know. We'll find out. And, uh, again, a big thank you to everybody for listening and helping make the show happen as well. Have a great afternoon. Here I go. 
We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.